Hi everyone, this is uh, a very first podcast for Rainbow Nation. My name is Russell. I'm Christine. We are two um, best friends from a small town in Canada um, that just thought it would be fun to do a, a podcast. We've been best friends since 1988. 1988 over a stick of gum. Hubba Bubba. Apple. Was it apple or mint? I'm not sure. I think it was green. They don't make mint hubba bubba anymore. No. Which is sad for me. Um, so today we have Ashley Wilson with us. Hello. And do you want to do a brief intro of yourself? And Sure. Um, I don't know what to say. My name's Ashley Wilson. Um, I have lived in this tiny town of Prince Rupert for seven years now. Um, I am a transgender woman and uh, I'm excited to join you. Welcome. Welcome. Okay, so we're going to ask you a few questions about living in the North and being queer, and we just want to hear a bit of your story, if that's okay with you. Yeah, I'm happy to share. Okay, so my first question is, who were your queer role models? Wow, that's an awesome question. Um, I would say my first queer role model is a... A gay woman who has a YouTube channel by the name of Hannah Hart, and I don't know if you've either of you've heard of her. She has a she started she got big on YouTube with a channel called My Drunk Kitchen, mm-hmm. where she would get. Oh, I know who that is. Okay, keep yeah. Going. So she's like super funny and super awesome. She gets like trashed and like, <laughs> and that um, that kind of made her famous. But she also talks about being gay and stuff like that. And she yeah. wrote a book called Buffering, which I cannot plug enough. Like I relate to so much of that wow. story and her life experience was like super cool. Um, and yeah, so she was quite influential. And then I didn't really seek out um, kind of queer people to to be connected with and um, until fairly recently because I kind of was very much in denial of my experience. But um, once I kind of was trying to deal with that, I uh, there's a few people. Uh, Julie Vu, who's a really inspiring trans woman who is a model and a makeup artist out of wow. Vancouver. And uh, there's Steph Sanyati, who started her transition about the same time as me. So I've, it's been fun to kind of watch her. Um, and Maya Henry, who's also a Toronto... So these are all Canadian, except for Hannah Hart. So that's kind of exciting as well. And then Laverne Cox, I would say, yeah. as far like, as a famous yeah. role model. The she, most, I guess, yeah. um, recognizable? Yeah, absolutely. She's yeah. like actually a star... Um, she yeah. slays it all the time. I love her so much. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that she is so positive um, about the, the trans experience. And I think that some other famous people who have come out have not really put trans people in a good light. And I think Laverne is like a fantastic role model, not mm-hmm. just for us, but for, to portray trans people to, um, you know, cis folks and non-queer people to see that, hey, we're just normal people, Mm -hmm. and that's cool. I think Hannah Hart, too, is on Sirius Radio. She does The Countdown. I have no idea. If it's the same person I'm thinking about. I watched her do My Drunk 
kitchen and she got drunk and was putting makeup on. <laughs> it's my favorite episode. Like her, and she puts makeup on as she's drinking, so it just gets worse and worse. So is this and an audio podca- podcast or a video? She's a YouTuber. Oh, YouTuber. She's famous on YouTube. Okay. So she's my drink kitchen was like her claim to fame, but she also just has a YouTube channel where she talks about herself and and okay. life, and she's also uh, been. I think done other TV deals. She's wow. been on uh, on film and other stuff. She's become quite famous amongst the YouTube community, um, and she's you now check it out. written a book oh, well. as well. I highly yeah, yeah, yeah. recommend her. She's super cool. Sweet. So Hannah Hart. Who were your queer role models, Russell? Um, I don't know really. I think I just kind of glommed onto anything, especially being from from Supert. You know, you like. I really came came to terms with a bunch of stuff in, like, when I was 24. So, you know, you see all this stuff, like, queer as folk, like, mm-hmm. the British queer as folk, the U.S. is trash. Um, stuff like that. And there was that that one, um, I think it was Bravo TV who did a really trashy reality TV show, Boy Meets Boy. So, unfortunately, you know, being from here, that's all you can kind of glom onto to identify with. So, like, oh, queer people, Yay. So um, I don't think I've actually had one per se, so it's just kind of whatever about it. I don't know if that makes any sense. What about you? Definitely for me, classic Rosie O'Donnell, Hmm. Ellen. But I think with Rosie O'Donnell, there was a period when I was coming out and I was worried, you know, I'd never be able to have children or it wouldn't be accepted or how was I going to do it? And I think it was before... Rosie came out and when she did come out and talked about having her children, I remember my whole world just opened up because I was like, I can do this. You know, Mm. she can do it. I can do it. And it was so relieving when she said, you know, I'm, I'm gay and we have a family and we're okay. And, and definitely Ellen for me too. Fantastic. And she's so positive and I really appreciate what she does too. I think she's a great inspiration. Was that Ellen? Alan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's insane how she's grown, eh? Yeah, she became very yeah. big very quickly. And, and, from, and when when she first came out on the show and then she lost everything. Yeah, and yeah. Everybody backlash. was talking about it and I think everybody felt the shame. Like I definitely felt it. You know, she took that risk and said, I'm gay. Isn't and then that, bang, her show was gone and she was going down. Like when was that? 98? No. Like it wasn't that long ago. So if someone came out like that on that kind of a scale, it was such a... It was still a big shock. Yeah, right? Yeah. And it's, what, 2018 now? and Yeah, it, it, I think it's historical, too. Like, it is history in the making. And well, Do you feel like it would be a bigger deal now if she did that? I think it's still always a big deal when these, these big, names. big names come out right. because there's so many people who don't... Um, have a queer experience, be it trans or cis or, you know, LGBT in general. So right. when someone that so many people idolize already is like, oh, by the way, I'm queer and I'm a normal person. I think that's huge. I think it's, yeah. I think we're not past that being a big deal. Yeah, I agree no. with you. Yeah. Totally. Um, I would even say like with Laverne Cox being a trans actress, playing a trans role in a major TV production mm-hmm. that was incredible. Like, right. and I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I never heard of her until I watched that first episode of Orange Is the New Black, and I was like, 
What did you? Th- oh my god! Kind of slight track here. What did you kind of think of? Um, oh my gosh, what's her name? The one who's on the Avengers. What's her name? The actress who was going to play a, a trans trans role, and then oh. she totally got like it handed back to her. The one who also played uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I have mixed feelings on that, and I was definitely against it. Like when there was this big push, um, I definitely shared anti. Um, rhetoric about that topic because I thought, yeah, she had just played um, an, an Asian, Asian woman yeah. in a in a historically Asian character anime, yeah, and um, and then she was doing this trans thing, and I don't think that I blame Scarlett for taking that role. I think Without that risk. any actor or actress should be able to play any role. That's what acting yeah. is all about. Right. But the problem is, trans people aren't getting work. No. So it's not like they're giving trans actors and actresses cis roles. Right. And that's the issue is really anybody should be able to play anything, but um, it's not happening. So because mm-hmm. there's that disparity, you know, you've, there's very few trans roles out there. Maybe they should go to trans people until you start yeah. hiring trans people as normal right. people. And I think that's yeah. kind of part of the problem. Like Pose, that have you ever caught any of those episodes on FX? Pose where... It's um, not aware that about yeah. the the Vogue scene from the eighties, late eighties. Um, Ryan Murphy, I believe he was right behind it, and a lot of trans actors are like front and center. Oh wow! Yeah, so I watched so one, but it didn't really catch for me. But um, it's great to see it's out there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we could get into I don't know what else you want to talk no, about, no, but like can... trans portrayal in media is a huge topic that I. I feel very strongly about right. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, plus I think with Scarlett, it was just, she kind of had this blase attitude that she was like, oh, go talk to so-and-so who played, you know, trans trans roles. Like, she was, like, kind of just deferring. Mm-hmm. So it kind of came across, well, the internet always makes everything come across, either one, black or white, right? So. Yeah. And I actually have to credit Laverne Cox, who changed my opinion on it, because I was absolutely, at first, like, no, this is bullshit. And then I saw an interview with um, Laverne Cox, who was talking on a talk show and saying, this isn't the, the issue is not Scarlett playing a trans person. It's trans people not right. getting work because yeah. they're trans and they're being discriminated against. So even when there's a trans role, they're still not getting it. That's kind of more the issue. And yeah. so, and so I, it did shift my perspective a little bit because she's right. in the industry. She understands it a lot more than, mm-hmm. than I would. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to see trans people taking trans roles. I think the Danish girl's a good example of them taking a cis male actor and portraying trans people in a bad light again. And although it was a powerful, you know, movie in a way, it, mm. it still wasn't indicative of any real trans experience. And, and I think that's a problem when the media constantly, um, and still does, portrays um, a couple of different kinds of trans people. There's the um, there's the predator trans person that is um, you know so gay that they put on a dress to lure mm. you know mm-hmm. straight men into bed, which is completely ridiculous. Mm. But that's a constant, you know, like oh you know the person is a slept with a prostitute. Oh, the person's trans, huh? You know, yeah, that yeah. kind of butt-line joke where, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. where it's these people trying to trick straight white people, which is not the case. 
Um, or it's the pathetic trans person who will never pass, will never... Um, like not that I'm... Yeah, and I'm not super keen on, on, the, on the concept of passing or the term of passing, but it is um, a realistic part of, of the trans experience where there's... The way it's portrayed is these people are overtly a masculine person wearing women's clothing that has no... And, and neither of these experiences are, are really indicative of, of being trans, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think that that makes it hard for trans people growing up to see that and then think, oh, that's what I want to be when I grow up? Right. Like, that's that's such a... Both are such negative connotations yeah. that you're just like, oh, that's disgusting, I don't want that. And so, at least in my experience, I, I made a conscious decision when I was younger to be like, hmm that's not going to happen and I guess I'll just be normal quote unquote right. and 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 ignore this this part of me so that's interesting that you just said that because I remember when I was worrying about coming out I was trying to be normal I was trying to do what I thought I should do date men mm-hmm. um make sure everyone in my family was happy but the person obviously who wasn't happy was me but that quest to be normal and and I think it's a real challenge now um just displaying queer life and and what people are doing and how they're living their life like you have a son I have a son and just how important my family is is to me now and raising my son properly and and not having you know there's still people out there who are very negative about gay families and adopting children or having your own children. So changing that mindset for people, it's really important for me. Mm, nice. Um, so tell us a little bit about your career because I'm, I'm curious about your job and what you get to do and has your employment or the people you work with been supportive in your journey? Okay, so that's... Um, I'll three start. questions it's in one. Three questions. <laughs> I'll, um, so I'm a Marine Communications Officer with the Canadian Coast Guard, and that's a uh, big long term for. I'm kind of a cross between 911 and air traffic control for the oh ocean. My gosh. Okay. So that sounds stressful. It can be. Um, and so what we do is we listen out for people in distress. We help coordinate search and rescue communications. So somebody calls Mayday, we're talking to them. The Joint Rescue Coordination Center will task ships or air resources to go and, and rescue them. And then we're, ta- we're kind of that voice that's talking to everybody and, and, right. and organizing it. So it's a pretty, that's kind of half of the job. And the other half of the job is all commercial shipping. Um, talks to us kind of like air ships or planes talk to air traffic controllers. So there's certain calling in points and we screen vessels coming from offshore into Canada. It's wow. quite an intense job. So... I was obviously in that job before I transitioned. Mm -hmm. I've been the Coast Guard now for seven years, and all of that time in Prince Rupert. And I have, uh, yeah, so it's been interesting. Um, There are protections in place for uh, kind of all people in in the federal government, but that didn't make it an easy transition. Um, As far as people being supportive at work, it, yeah, I guess so. I, I think it depends on how you define supportive. I think mm. I definitely um, am at a place where I have no issues at work. Um, I get along fine with people day to day, but I wouldn't say that 
I, I go to people I work with for support um, right. for the most part. So, does that answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, you definitely have an interesting job. And I was just curious. Um, I was asked that question a couple of years ago by um, my supervisor at the time. And she came into my office one day and said, Christine, do you feel supported at work? And it was just kind of this funny question, but she was being really honest about how, like, she was worried I wasn't being treated well within my job. And I think it was when in education, a lot of LGBT um, policies and procedures were coming out and, and it made me think, am I being supported at my job and, hmm. and how do I feel about it? And what was your answer? I do feel supported in in the education yeah. you know, area in Prince Rupert. And I think there's always room for improvement, but mm-hmm. I've never experienced harassment at the workplace or, or anything. I wouldn't say I felt I've ever felt harassed in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, there were there was a transition period where it was hard to be me at work because I was becoming the new me and there was some holdouts as far mm-hmm. as um, treating me with respect but I I'm not sure that it was overtly people being disrespectful or mm-hmm. just kind of older people who had a really hard time with getting right. on board with my change of pronouns and stuff mm-hmm. so they did get to a point where there was a couple of people that I had to have a very frank discussion with that mm-hmm. was you've had enough time Mm. You know, this is beyond being, you know, you not remembering anymore. And now it's, um, it has stops like today or, or we're going to have right. a bigger problem. And at that point, I definitely felt supported enough that I knew if it wasn't addressed, there were avenues for me to be protected. But I think prior to transitioning that I had a lot of um, tumultuous of, um, will I still have a job in six months if mm-hmm. I if I transition? And I, I definitely had those fears. I mean, it never really came to fruition. And I, mm-hmm. my managers and um, managers, managers, like up the line, everybody was, was fantastic about it. But I wasn't sure before I had that conversation that I was going to be able to keep my career. So Wow. Interesting. How about you? Do you feel supported at work? Uh, for the most part, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's hasn't become an issue at work. More so just, I think in general, it's just with, um, like in, I worked in retail, so you have those people who, who don't have the best attitude towards same sex, you know what I mean? Like they're still in that mindset of, like you were saying, there are two, two roles so for, for gay guys, it's kind of the same thing, the whiny, pathetic homo, or um, what would be the other one? I don't know. <laughs> oh, like the jokester, you know, yeah. like um, that kind of thing. So I did have a little bit of that. Um, but in my current job, I've had no problems. Maybe the odd comment here and there, but nothing you can't laugh off about, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, definitely support. So what has been the best part of your journey so far? Wow. Um, So I think the best part of the journey for me has been making new friends um, as the genuine me because Mm -hmm. those connections and relationships have been so much more 
substantial than the ones I had prior. And I kind of had this list of things that would happen pre-transition and things that um, kind of my fears of, of coming out and what, what that was going to look like. And there were things that I had ranked as more likely to happen and less likely to happen. It wasn't like a, a written list, but it was just the stuff that I thought about in my head. And um, on the top of that list were like, I'm going to lose my job. Like, hands out, mm-hmm. I won't have a job anymore. Which is scary, yeah. right? You yeah. know, like you think, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this transition and I'm going to lose my job. So that's... Yeah, and I, I, you know, I'm going to lose my family and I'm going to... Um, Etc. Etc. I'm I'm part of that. Down on that list, kind of near the bottom, was like I'm going to lose all my friends, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that was on the least likely things to happen. And so it's interesting to me the things that I really thought would happen, mm-hmm. like potentially losing my job, which like um, the worst case scenarios. Yeah, and as much as it's funny because I say those protections do exist and work, but I just didn't have faith. That they that, would... That, that would matter. Yeah. Um, like it was just like a token kind of... Um... Well, it's not even that it's a token. They're, it's pretty explicit. And especially now with Bill C-19, mm-hmm. where they've added um, gender identity and um, gender presentation. I'm getting that word wrong. But um, to the Human Rights Act, like it's mm-hmm. very explicit that you can't be discriminated against. But that wasn't... I just didn't believe that if a senior manager wanted me gone that they couldn't make up an excuse that wasn't that. And and that's kind of the faith that I didn't have. But um, beyond that, um, the things that I didn't think would happen was like losing my friends. And it kind of flipped where I pretty much did lose all my friends, not in a way that I think... I don't think it was conscious in the sense that people said, oh, Ashley's trans, I can't, you know, screw, mm-hmm. screw that person, I'm never going to talk to them again. Like, I don't mm. think that it was consciously that, but it was like, I was becoming a different person, and, um, or I, w- I would say I'm not becoming a different person, I'm finally actually able to be me. Right. So mm-hmm. this fictitious yeah, yeah. person that right. I had made up for the last 30 years mm-hmm. um, didn't exist anymore. Yeah. And part of that was, I wasn't one of the guys anymore, so I'm not invited to, like, the Super Bowl parties and the the, the guy mm-hmm. go for a beer after work things anymore. Right. Um, which, in a way, I'm not heartbroken about, but um, I never really was part of, you know, the girl group of people that, uh, you know, in our, our groups of friends. So it just kind of happened where I was in this limbo where one by one I just stopped getting invited out to things and... Um, so that was interesting for me, but the positive out of that was I've made relationships as Ashley now that are so much more mm-hmm. real than the, mm-hmm. these kind of, what I would say, fake, on both sides of the fence, relationships I had before, because they were relationships based on this identity that I was I was make, making up, so... Mm-hmm. So now my friends are like genuinely my friends who like me for me, and and it's so much more incredible. So I would say that is by far the biggest um, positive thing out of um, out of my transition because mm-hmm. I have been able to um, realize myself and and, and such be um, 
so much more genuine with the people around me, and I, I think that that is um, indescribable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely think your friendship support systems get you through it. Like, that's what you were for me, you know, and, and because for a long time in my friendships, it was just Russell and I who were the gay ones, or there were a few other people, mm-hmm. or you're always, like, the right. odd person at the party but in saying that I still feel super thankful about the friendships that I've had in the past and now Mm. um but there was a lot of growth for everybody you know especially when after I came out and then um shortly after that I started to pursue an adoption there were big opinions on um me being a single parent (laughs) um my child not having a father but um through all of that like I'm super thankful for it's definitely a freedom, that's for sure. Yeah. Right? Um, do you have anything, Russell? Um, well, we are talking about YouTube, I think, before or something like that. Um, and I know you have a YouTube channel, Ashley. Can you care to, would you care to talk about what, you, what it's about? Um, sure. It's, uh, it was kind of an experiment that has completely died off, but there's a couple of videos there that talk about my kind of coming out story and a little bit about my experience. Um, it's surprisingly a lot of work to make eight minutes of video on a YouTube channel. <laughs> <I bet>. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, you know, like one eight, eight minute video probably takes, uh, eight hours of work. Oh my gosh. So, and as a single parent and working two jobs, it, really was something that I wasn't able to maintain on on a schedule. I kind of would like to go back to it, but I'm also kind of in this limbo now where um, I don't really talk about being... I kind of had this conversation Mm -hmm. actually offline with with you, Mm -hmm. Christine, where I'm just like, I don't feel that I'm the best person to speak about being trans anymore um, because I don't identify as a trans person. Like, I've kind of past that transitional stage where I'm just me and I'm living life and it's right. fine. Mm-hmm. Like the struggles that I had through transition when they were visceral, it was much more, I felt much more connected with the community and saying like, this is my experience too. Mm-hmm. And also living in a small town, I feel like um, outing myself every time someone adds me on Instagram or, you know, finds mm-hmm. my YouTube channel has mm-hmm. been something that I'm not sure I want to experience anymore. It hasn't been ever negative, but I also just want to be seen as me and kind of move on. So it's kind of an interesting um, conundrum I find myself in because I think advocating is so important and I still want to do that in the right circumstances. Um, I'm organizing an event for Trans Day of Remembrance. Sweet. And I'm really excited to mm-hmm. do that locally this year. That's awesome. So, like, those kinds of activities, absolutely. Like, I'm not at all ashamed of being trans, yeah. and I'm happy to share my experience, and I'm happy to be out there and doing um, things in a positive manner that are actually making a difference. Mm-hmm. But just kind of waving the flag for the sake of waving the flag, I think I'm past that experience. Mm-hmm. Although... Mm-hmm. That being said, I do have a lot of people who message me and say, like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. you've inspired me this, to, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I have, the, you know, upwards of a thousand people who see my Instagram on a regular basis. Yeah. And, and Which is huge. huge. That's it's crazy. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so. Um, that is awesome. It's been my kind of brand for, for doing this. So I, I do kind of, I'm in this limbo now where it's, do I have an obligation to those people to still be a strong person that I'm 
Um, and I think I am in a different way because the people mm-hmm. who know I'm trans that are following me because they know I'm trans are still able to be inspired by me because mm-hmm. they're still following me. I'm just not growing that I don't. I don't in the think same way. it's the community that's going to reject you. I think it's just you have an interesting story and and the story's evolving like like yeah. all of us. Mm-hmm. And but I, you know, Ashley recently came to our glow meeting, lunchtime meeting at the high school and. I know I said to you afterwards, I, I don't know if you were aware of it, but when you were talking just a little bit about Trans Day of Remembrance and and stuff, some of our students really lit up when you talked. And I, That's awesome. I think if I had a local person in town when I was thinking of coming out, it would have made a huge difference mm-hmm. in terms of when I would have came out and not necessarily with coming out, but just feeling accepted and identifying and, identifying and, and looking at people in the community I think it's huge and, and you've totally. come too and to tell your story and mm-hmm. yeah so so I absolutely and I think that is so important to be a role model for um for people who are growing up mm-hmm. and even in the and people who are still in the closet totally. across the LGBT spectrum because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. seek to other people for being um, right. strong I had a very interesting conversation with a co-facilitator of mine um I do some facilitation with the federal government on teaching things like respect in the workplace and anti-harassment and and some other types of things like that like locally um kind of across bc oh, it's nice. a newer thing that i'm i'm involved with and That's it's awesome. it's government-wide so it's not just coast guard but one of my co-facilitators is a black woman and she um made a comment to me, I, you know, I don't believe in closets because I don't have a choice when I walk out the door every day to not mm-hmm. be black that day. And it really <laughs> resounded with me. I was yeah. like, wow, that's a pretty solid statement. Like, yeah. you are absolutely right. I, you know, yeah. I, uh, I am me all the time, but, like, I have a real huge amount of privilege to say I don't have to tell person x y or z Mm -hmm. you know i'm trans and as somebody who pretty much is not visible as a trans person most of the time um i think that affords me a huge amount of privilege as well um that i'm not discriminated against to the extent that some of my peers are so Mm -hmm. um i am i do reflect on on that privilege because i think it's i need to be aware of it and that was going to be my other question actually is like when do you actually stop saying or identifying as as trans transgender or gay or lesbian like do you ever shed that well and that's kind of what i was saying is i don't really tell people anymore yeah. i don't i wouldn't say that i hide being trans but i certainly um don't necessarily tell everybody i meet and do, do you see yourself like changing like your your social media platforms or whatever like your instagram do you do you want to kind of close the one that you have now or evolve it or yeah and I talk I thought about that um and what I have done is I've removed from my profile on my Instagram that I'm trans I've just say queer now and I do sit uh, announce my pronouns which um, doesn't I wouldn't say outs me as, as being mm-hmm. trans um and I'm not posting content with the trans tags anymore oh, and okay. that's just been in the last two three weeks um, that isn't to say I'm not going to go back to it, but I'm, I'm kind of just going to experiment that with, um, for mm-hmm. now. I haven't removed any content. Mm. I did debate on closing, um, the account, but 
because I've made so much progress in developing that community around my mm-hmm. my account. Like a big audience. Um, yeah, I don't really want to um, to completely abandon it. And I think maybe, even if I'm just taking time for me for a few months, I think that's fine. But um, It's a journey, right? It is so, a journey. And, there's and I don't no think there's any right or wrong. And I, I know my family sometimes jokes with me. They're like, you barf rainbows, you spit out rainbows, <laughs> you know, and... But it's something, for me, it's gone from being something that I was ashamed about and really worried about to now it's it's a part of me that I'm really proud of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I and I worry about the youth who are growing up in small towns and, mm-hmm. you know, across it's BC so It's so almost Canada. rebellious. Yeah. In a way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I grew up in a small town as well, um, you know place called Gibson's and it was much like here there's like three four thousand people Mm -hmm. a high school of a couple thousand people we had two gay kids in my school like of course there's a lot more than that but that's Mm -hmm. the ones that are you know they were visible um and um so and it was not okay and I didn't feel comfortable being able to express myself it's a lot of the reason why I waited till I was later in life to to actually come out right because I suppressed that because I was worried about Mm -hmm. a lot of things so I think that uh, especially in a small town it can be really hard I think we have some amazing support in the schools here and in Terrace Mm -hmm. Um, going into my son's school and seeing that there's gender neutral bathrooms and stuff like that is is absolutely amazing Mm -hmm. because kids are even aware of of things that we never were aware of when right. I was a kid. So I think that's really inspiring, too, that we have come a long way, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think it's awesome now, especially with um, youth in small towns that are actually coming forward with their own stories and stuff like that, because, you know, I, I couldn't imagine doing that myself. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I waited until later in life to, to actually finally identify with that, so... Yeah, the youth are really brave, you know. I've worked with youth who are coming out in grade 5 or grade 6 or grade 7 and some grade 8. And and the friendships are awesome. You know, most of their peers, they they don't care. They're super accepting. Mm -hmm. Um, It's nice to see, you know. And and I think, I hope one day it just doesn't matter. And and I think we're getting to that point where I know I said to you, if I was to appear at the GSA Glow meeting at Charles Hayes dressed up as a unicorn or a kangaroo, they would just say welcome. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't matter. So, right. yeah. So, When is the Trans Day of Remembrance? Trans Day of Remembrance is on November 20th. Okay. Um, and it is to... And there was a woman by the name of Rita Hester that was murdered on that day. Um, in 1999 or 98, I haven't recently looked at my notes, so I apologize to anyone listening if I'm making the details uh, quite uh, a little bit wrong. And there's another woman by the name of Gwen who um, started this project to remember um, her and everybody else who's murdered um, for the reason of being trans. Um, often we find in, in media and in the U.S. government lately and... Um, and a lot of other sources that people are trying to erase uh, right. trans identity. And, and so um, these acts of violence are not just um, hurting individuals. It's, it's attempting to erase um, people being trans and, and that being okay. So 
Um, the purpose of the event is to acknowledge and remember all of the people um, who were murdered, uh, and oftentimes quite violently, um, simply for being trans. Um, and it does not capture, unfortunately, um, well, I, I think with good reason, but it does not capture any trans people who were murdered for domestic violence or for um, a lot of other reasons, because um, just like other LGBT groups, trans people are hugely at risk for all sorts of other types of violence, but um, this is specifically like hate crime related uh, murders, so um, I think it's really important. Um, I was honored to participate in uh, TDOR in Victoria last year, and I think it's something I'd like to bring up uh, here because it's not a conversation that happens in small communities, and it's no. Um, it was scary. Coming out, I was very much concerned living in Prince Rupert um, for my personal safety. Uh-huh. Um, and I wasn't sure that I, I would be safe here. And I even wonder now, you know, like if I'm going to go on a date with somebody, what's that going to you know, look like? So I'm very much upfront about being trans just for safety wise. Um, but, you know, if you're at a bar and someone's hitting on you, mm-hmm. um, there's not always a safe way to be clear about your intentions without, um, and, and that's scary too. It can be for sure. So. I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, we hope to, to do the project together with, um, the GSA group and Ashley and, and others. And I think mm-hmm. it'll be good for Prince Rupert to roll this Absolutely. out. And I think it's really important. And then to have, um, a time together before and then a little bit of time after. For sure. Just to talk about it. Can I ask you guys a question? Sure. sure. Something that comes up for me sometimes that I, <laughs> I think is like really an awkward question, but does anybody ever say, oh, I think you're so brave? Do you get that, either of you? Um, I think uh, I, I definitely have received compliments in terms of bringing things forward, like, um, but I've never necessarily been told that I'm brave um when we rolled out safe place there was a lot of feedback there and on twitter and Mm. and comments um I think with some of our social media stuff it's been more positive than negative I did have after safe place came out I had an individual come up to me who has left Prince Rupert and he talked about what the safe place sticker meant to him because before he left Prince Rupert, he actually got beat up and got was hurt quite badly. So hearing those stories is really important for me because it makes me think that, you know, we're, we're going the right way and, right. and trying to make the community safer for all of us. So for anyone who doesn't know, can you explain what safe place is? Um, it's a program through the RCMP that is rolled out across Canada and um, we worked with the RCMP and the Vancouver police to get the safe place stickers um, in, just out in Canada and in stores and businesses. And basically, businesses pledge to offer a safe place if anyone needs it, if they're a victim of violence, if they're identifying um, as LGBT or, or any other way that they will get them the help that they need. So That's awesome. It's been How many places in BC... Do you know how many places in BC actually? I actually have don't know, no. but I know Prince Rupert is over fifty in terms of I mean, over fifty locations in Prince Rupert. In Prince Rupert, that's amazing. Yeah, and I know um, I was just at a meeting 
for SOGI123, which is the Ministry of Education's um, website on, on the new curriculum, and Terrace is looking at expanding too. But I, wow. I know there's stickers showing up, Prince Rupert, Prince George, Terrace, Smithers. Really? Um, it's starting to roll out on Vancouver Island. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, so. It is amazing. Your turn for the, the brave question, <laughs> no? Um, I don't think anyone's actually come up to me to say, wow, you're actually really brave or anything, but... Um, no, um, maybe in passing from like family members. Which I also think cool. you're you're the behind the scenes social media guy be, behind a lot of our projects and yeah, I, and I, I love uh, Prince Principal Pride. I started that in two thousand fourteen, and I asked my good pal Christine to help me out with that. And I understand there are some other pages popping up, which is amazing for Prince Super. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you know how to. To spin the technology and, and get things out That's, on Twitter yeah. and, and Instagram and social media and, and you sure. make our presence so much bigger and and so I think you're really brave and in terms of being like a huge supporter. Oh, you know, for thanks. all of us. <laughs> and you're gonna tweet this podcast out and you're gonna yeah. social media it out there. So that ends all of my questions for today. But I don't know if you have any more. I don't more. think I have anything else. Thank you for being a part of our very first Rainbow Nation podcast. Yay, Thanks for having me. I'm excited for you. Anytime. <laughs> um, we're not too sure how this is going to roll out. But yeah. as of right now, we don't have any sponsors. <laughs> but we might get some sponsors. And that would be amazing. Uh, maybe we can do a bit of follow-up, too, on the Trans Day of Remembrance with you. And yeah, I'm happy to come special back anytime and we can for sure. podcast. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Yay. Good work, everybody. High fives. Yay. Oh, we forgot to do what's quending. What's quending? Queer trending. Oh, what is quending? You can quending? do that. Just take a pause sure. and then... I actually don't know what is quending. <laughs> <laughs> you could do it after. Yeah, we can add it in after. Okay. Let's stop it. Yay, that was exciting. You are so articulate.